everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Techish. This is episode two of our fresh new season of the podcast. I'm Abadesi, founder and CEO of Hustle Crew, an inclusion education company. And I'm joined by... Michael Behane, CEO of Pocket, world's greatest job board for POC and tech. Brand new season of Techish. Let's go. Whoop, whoop. Okay, bruv, let's talk about the phenomenon that's gripping the corporate world. <laughs> the two Qs. Quiet quitting. Have quiet you quite quit yet? I mean, I can't. I'm the boss in it. What do you want me to do? I'm on the lookout for my quiet quitters. So if my employees are listening, I am watching. No, I'm joking. Oh, to me, it's fascinating that there's like even this like world that we live in where like phenomenons are just like created. Like, are they even real? What does it even mean? It's been mean? happening for years. Come I had retail on. jobs where I quite quit day one. I was just there stacking shelves so half fast. It's a phenomenon that's always existed. People are always going to chill out, not necessarily work hard and, and do the nature. minimum. Yeah, like why do you coasting. But I think it's, for example, I saw an article today about a dude who charges 15k a day to come in and help companies prevent quiet quitting in it so this is what it is it becomes a buzzword 15k a day day. there's so much money in corporate america you don't know you don't know the half of it and i think it's one of those things where like people come up with these buzzwords it becomes a little viral story consultants monetize it and drives traffic drives clicks but it's not a new phenomenon it has always existed i think where you could make the argument it's new is that the pandemic and working from home and zoom life has driven burnout and maybe some people now are thinking you know what i'm a type a person i'm a grinder but maybe i should just work to my job description and just that's all i'm gonna do and i'm gonna get the bare minimum because maybe you know capitalism hasn't really rewarded me what i think i deserve kind Mm. of thing and maybe it doesn't yeah doesn't warrant you know the effort perhaps that's a possibility i don't think people at fan companies probably are working super hard anyway so like maybe mm. they're just thinking fuck it let me just I chill mean, some of them be working hard because let's face it Dude. some of us be under more scrutiny than other people but are you on fan are you a fan employee that's what i'm saying though i'm talking mm. about like the you know yeah, yeah, yeah. google employees and stuff like that like maybe when i watch their tiktoks i'm just like you know day in the life <laughs> i'm like bro <laughs> i'm a product I sh- manager i showed them at 12 i showed them at 12 and like <laughs> yeah um, that's fair yeah so it's, to me not a new phenomenon and is a bit of a viral you know just driving clicks type type subject 100 i mean i'm glad it's happened just in the sense of creating space for a conversation to happen about like expectations of how to show up at work right Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people who probably feel like overburdened at work they're probably doing like outside of their ordinary role and i'm talking specifically about the kind of people listening to our show i'm talking about like people of color women of color black women they were hired to be a product manager hired to be a software engineer but by virtue of being the first or only race gender whatever ethnicity suddenly they're also taking on all the inclusion strategies taking on all the the social media showing off their profile like they're the black person on the web page like all this kind of stuff and i think you know a lot of them probably needed to quiet quit from some of that stuff a long time ago just to make their work sustainable and i find it really interesting because like a black woman's quiet quitting is probably like her mediocre white male peers ordinary day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or like 100%, like Brad's yeah, just yeah. coming in coasting. Yeah. You know, you know, Miriam in the back's been like hustling, hustling, hustling. So yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting time. And I kind of think that there's a real disconnect between leadership and like the majority of people that keep their company going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's time for like a wake up call. And I do feel like a lot of this quiet quitting is like another way to talk about the work from home anxiety, right? right? Yeah. Because ever since the pandemic restrictions started easing in the Western part of the world, all of these bosses started being like, get back in the office, get back in the office. Hey, it's not my fault you hate your wife and kids yeah. and you want to work from the office all day. I'm happy working from home. I'm happy working for my co-working space. But they needed like a new label for the debate. So then the debate became like quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not showing up in the office, it's probably because you're quiet quitting. Nice try. 
Yeah, so there was an article I briefly saw on Instagram, I think it's Bloomberg, that Mark Zuckerberg essentially is, and this is when it gets so ridiculous with these buzzwords, quiet firing people. <laughs> quiet layoffs. Oh, you quiet fire. So be careful, you quite quit, and you're about to get quiet laid off. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know what that entails, but essentially what he's doing is, you make people come back to the office, yeah. and you just basically fire the low performers, because the ones who are like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to come back. Okay, but yeah, no worries. You're that's gone. just firing people. Yeah, exactly. But like, you make it about the, you know, oh, we want to be back in the office. And if that doesn't okay. work for you, then you got to go basically type thing. So yeah, I just... So what, some kind of like covert layoff? So bearing in mind, I haven't read the article. So this is... Like, this is Classic One hardworking like oh, research. Yeah, yeah. But so in what he said was that in the headline... He wants to quietly, this is why I hate this word quietly now, everything's quiet. He wants to quietly <laughs> label the underperformers. Can you deliver the news yes, quietly? you're fired. <laughs> so you don't tell the person that they're underperforming. You just label them internally as like, oh, this person's underperforming, for mm. example. And then maybe you try to push them out in some way, right? Which has happened since time immemorial. But I guess now this move back to the office presents a lot of companies with a golden opportunity here to see who they feel are the dead weight, see who they feel are the non-performers. They get rid of them. Don't get twisted. I believe that if you are like a quote unquote top of the line engineer, you could work in Timbuktu. They're not going to give a damn. You can come back. But people that maybe are a bit like, oh, you're, you know, borderline case, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you're going to go. Wow. I think so. I think that's what they're trying to do anyway. Yeah, interesting times for my quiet quitters. <laughs> Let's talk interest rates and mortgages. So the thing is, in regards to all this stuff, I had no idea how much of our economy and how much of my income was predicated on low interest rates. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> No, but feeling the pinch feeling the pinch because obviously if you're a business owner unless you're in certain verticals you probably mm. are feeling like okay you know what the economy is slowing down that's for damn sure right mm. so unless you're like George Clooney and up in the air where your job is firing people and you make money that way that's a good movie. <laughs> and your income is inversely tied with the recession but for everyone else, obviously the economy is slowing down and interest rates are going up in the US and in the UK. Mm. And we were living in like a, I want to say a false environment, but actually quite historically a rare environment of basically zero to negative interest rates. And yeah. that meant that, you know, it was cheap to borrow money and money was just sloshing around the system basically, mm. right? And now things are changing and things are going up in terms of interest rates. And I speak personally as someone who was considering purchasing a house with my girlfriend and then just having conversations with brokers and banks that overnight went from this to this, where it was like, oh, mm. we're quoting you this. And this is how much your monthly repayment will be. And now all of a sudden nah. it's this. And I'm like, bro, we are renting. We are chilling. We will chill. <laughs> I, I was speaking to my landlord with new, friendly <laughs> attitude. I was like, hello, sir. <laughs> Don't throw me Grateful out. Grateful for your service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a crazy time. Are you feeling the pinch in terms of thing? Or like, has it impacted you? Are you seeing things changing? What's your I thoughts am, on so the interest rates? I acknowledge the privilege of being a homeowner, which I am. And my husband and I renegotiated the mortgage on our apartment. And you and I had this conversation because I'm optimistic. So I went for the two-year fixed. Mistake. Now Tell I'm kind of like, mm, damn, maybe so I should have gone for that five-year five year. fix. Yeah. But in my mind, like I studied economics, right? Like this is, and I was just like, it's not going to be more than two years to get out of this cycle. No, I disagree, man. I think, uh, listen, I hope you're right. On it. Techish you're listeners, right. you heard listen, it here first. You lost the club after <laughs> <laughs> you lost the clubhouse. I want to tell my producer to like Ryan to enter the clip of Abedis saying how clubhouse is a great investment. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm still bullish on clubhouse because I still think that people come to that space for a specific type of media experience and no other platform. Uh, hey, over the long arc of time, <laughs> it might come back. Got to give equities ten years. I'm just yeah, saying. It's true. I'm just okay, saying. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, obviously not financial advice all around. Let's just say that clarification. <laughs> in it. So don't make any decisions about your house or start up investments based on what me and Abba say. But the point I was making is that to a certain extent, I heard an investor say that 
even if interest rates go up or down, to a certain extent, you want to have it fixed for as long as possible because you want to know what you're working with. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? The uncertainty is what can kill people, basically. Yeah, like as an investor, and this is generally your biggest investment in a house, really, mm. as an average person, right? Me personally, I do believe that that kind of 0% interest rate was kind of an anomaly and we won't really go back to that. So yeah. it might hold. Best case scenario, it holds at this kind of 4 5%, 6% rate. But do not get twisted. The 80s, it was like 18%. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm old enough to remember Damn. my mum telling me like, <laughs> put your money in an ISA, which is kind of like a government-backed saving vehicle, tax basically. Yeah, tax-free savings. And it was because the interest rates were 5%. She was like, you're never going to get this interest rate. I was like, mum, I'm a uni student. Let me just floss. Like, let me just buy the latest clothes. I don't want to hear the savings. Right. She was so right. Five percent on five, an ISA. Yes, it was five percent. Yeah, you'd be lucky you get one point. You're not getting nothing now. Yeah, interesting, interesting times. Interesting related to this, the New York Times did an incredible article recently about a fast rising phenomenon in Tokyo. Young people living in apartments that are about 96 square foot. So I think the actual square footage is like if you just take like a yoga mat and put three yoga mats next to each other, that is the size of the apartment. Welcome to the future. Now, I didn't know, but like in Japanese culture, people don't really like host, like young people don't really like invite friends over. You usually just meet out. People work really long hours. And of course, they like go to onsen, like public baths at the end of the day. So these are actually incredibly popular for this, you know, layer of young society that see home purely as a base. Right. Purely as a base, you know, as they're like navigating the world from their social life to their professional life. But I just started to think the way things are going, that's probably going to come to London soon. I think so. Like to be transparent, when I was looking at the housing market, Mm. what I was seeing were just like houses chopped up into like three or four different flats oh yeah do you know what i'm saying what yeah. was once a house is now a chopped up three or four flats i right? live in a building like that exactly right <laughs> listen and depending on the location it's worth it if you want to live in that location it absolutely is worth it but what i'm saying is it's trending towards smaller mm. and smaller spaces basically right yeah. and i think there are laws around how small it can go otherwise it becomes basically like a, a squat basically they wouldn't allow it but with the way that we build houses in this country, I can't see it not going in a direction where eventually they're going to be like, oh, why don't we just let you have like something equally, not as small as that, but it'll get there. Communes are going to come back. Communes, yeah. Communes are going to come back. It is kind of depressing for young people or youngish people. Obviously, me and you are not necessarily youngest anymore, but like... For like <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm talking about for the early 20s, 18-year-old, yeah. you know, you know, us, you know. Tw- but I think people are going to get creative. Like- people are going to get creative. And I think, you know, it's... What do you call it? What's that saying? Something about invention, blah, blah, blah. Like hard times. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Bingo. And I think we're going to see some like really, well, I hope so. Like interesting things happen. Like I personally feel that like we've reached like peak individualism and we see its discontents in society and we need to like push the needle back the other way and like Mm -hmm. go towards like more communal, more community and not just using the word community to fulfill an individually driven goal. Like like Adam Newman now. We. We, it's about we. It's Yo, about soft me. Bank. Throw the billies at me. Throw them billions at me. I'll take them. He's funded again, but anyway, go and carry oh, on. Yeah. That's, that's for another time. But yeah, I don't know. It could be interesting to see that happen. Hey, I would move into a commune. Honestly, like if I thought about having kids, I'd be like, "Yo, who else is having kids? Because do you want <laughs> to live together? Me? Yeah, for real. Think yeah. about it. So like a commune essentially would be. What would it look like in your mind? The ideal kind of living scenario. I think it would be like either you're all sharing a big space, right? 
or you're like on the same street, but you find ways to share as much as you can, right? So in like a very small way, I feel like I do this like with the friends I live like locally with, but it's like you could share subscriptions to services. If you have a surplus, you could let each other know and go. I mean, like, you know, apps like Olio do this at scale, but like imagine like all the things that, and then of course time, right? Like Mm -hmm. if I don't have any dependents right now, but the idea could be that like, you know, if we did have dependents, like that could be shared, right? So that like I have time off and breaks and you have time off and breaks and, you know, we share that responsibility but that would be what it would look like that's the dream in it i remember asking my mom about like growing up in eritrea and like yeah your parents would feel no way about dropping you off to the neighbor's house to to spend like oh look after the kids because it's a very much a collective society whereas here you wouldn't do that and you'd have to basically get your friends to move near you to do that right and i always respected that actually about you because i remember you were telling me like i'll move to my area because like all my homies we live on the same road and i'm like that's genius Mm. i can't get that kind of collective agreement with my friends definitely like like, (laughs) being within like a 15 20 minute walk of friends will be life-changing yeah it is. like it doesn't matter where you are in the world like if, yeah. if you can walk to your friends it's life-changing it also just means if you're locked out mm-hmm. you've got somewhere to go or you know whatever like yeah yeah so a commune is just that but like even closer together yeah without going too philosophical what you're saying about you know the move away from the individual to kind of a collective i was reading this really good book i think it's called four thousand weeks and it's about time and mm-hmm. there was a chapter about digital nomads and essentially it's a bit of a misnomer because nomads are people that spend a lot of time with their tribe walking yeah. together but in our mind the digital nomad is the Solo. individual with a laptop <laughs> just like i'm in thailand i'm Bali, in here whatever, yeah. whatever and the book makes the levels kind of people exactly and the book makes the point that actually we think of time like it's money but time is not time is a network good it's not like money where it's good for anything time only really makes sense to you if you can share it with others wow. so i was as an entrepreneur when i got my freedom and was remote for years before everyone else was remote i was like this is so great i call my friend bro i'm at work I can't, I can't do nothing with you like, I was like damn I've got all this freedom yeah, I can do no I can work. I got, I work whenever I want whenever I want wherever I want but there's no one to share it with because mm. everybody else is still within their little confines and obviously yeah. it's better now because obviously you have a lot more people are remote work right but it's just an idea that I just thought about where I was like yeah you know what I had it wrong like this whole digital nomad thing like it is a misnomer it doesn't really make sense it's not what the, a nomad actually is mm. kind of thing but anyway it's just an interesting point it's a good book 4,000 Weeks that wraps up this week's episode of Techish. Thanks for staying tuned until the very end. Love you. Love you guys. Catch you <laughs> Make sure week. you subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Peace.